What's happening, runners? Welcome back to another episode of the Tracks Dirt Podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything running. The highs, the lows, the ugly bits, and everything in between. My name is Lloyd, I'll be your host for today's episode, and today we are sitting down and talking with England international Kate Axford. On today's show, we sit down with Kate and run through everything from her journey into athletics, switching from the sport of hockey, why she loves being a part of Belgrave Harriers, how borrowing a pair of running shoes is the key to success, and her goals for the future. Now, if you do want to follow along with what we're doing at Trackster and this podcast, please do head over to Instagram and drop us a follow. And also check out the website, trackster.com, where we put all of our longer form content from our YouTube channel. And finally, to support this show, please leave us a review for the show, which is now available on all platforms. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Kay Axford. Kay Axford, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Um, just been packing for the weekend, uh, manically, so hopefully I've got everything. I'll probably forget my passport or something stupid like that, but um, yeah, no, I'm all good, thanks. Okay, well, I'm going to suggest that you go and pack your passport straight after this this podcast, and then yeah. it's solved, right? Yeah, exactly. I've, I've written about 15 lists, so I'll probably, I'll get there in the end. <laughs> when you fly, I don't know if you've ever seen like um uh like tiktok memes and stuff of like uh you know like in a relationships you've always got the, the person that's like prints out all the documents has yeah. is that you or is that jack like who plays that role oh my gosh that's absolutely not me um that is that is jack's role 100 percent. he's like the airport dad that's what it is it's like the memes of the it. airport dad um no he's always like making sure that i've got everything and that i haven't left something like on the table I'm like I'm the kind of person who goes out for my run and will forget to put my watch on. That's, I'm like I've got everything, and he's like I don't think you do have everything. I'm like all oh, right, okay, yeah, that's it. I was missing something. I knew it. Well, I guess that's a perfect place to start, and a good question <laughs> that I just thought of. What is your most memorable um, travel calamity or forgetfulness calamity story that would be worth talking about? That's funny. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to rack my brain now. I think probably, um, what did I do? Yeah, I got a a changeover flight um, way back when I was at uni um, because I I was on a field trip, um, which was in Iceland, which I was very lucky to go on. That was fantastic. But then I had to uh, somehow make my way over to the uni ski trip, which... um, I couldn't ski and I was pretty nervous for that anyway. So I was like, right, here I go. Um, ended up <laughs> ended up stranded in Copenhagen um, airport for about, I don't know how long it was now, but far longer than it should have been, which meant I missed my bus that was going to take me there on the other end. So I had to find a way to get somewhere um, on that, which was pretty traumatic, I'm going to be honest. Um, so, yeah. I like to travel with people because I know that I'm probably not going to make any mistakes. So, <laughs> uh, I have to travel with people. Oh, so I'll yeah. get started. Exactly. Well, thank you for giving us your time on the show. I really do appreciate it. I've been wanting to talk to you about running a little bit more, you know, professionally, if you like, for ages since you burst onto the scene. But for anyone who has no idea who you are, and if you're one of those people, then where have you been? Do you want to introduce yourself to the show, who you are, what you're most known for? Uh, this one always makes people nervous, but just in your own words. <laughs> yeah, so hi, I'm Kate Axford. I um, 
started running seriously in March um, and prior to that was playing hockey professionally um, and basically had to stop doing that in January because of uh, kind of injuries that were ongoing um, and decided to give running a go. Um, and since March, it's been pretty mental, but um, have kind of managed to find my way into some fantastic races and have been given some pretty amazing opportunities to just run fast um, and hopefully kind of long may that continue. You mentioned one word there, Kate, you've been, well, a few words, you've been given great opportunities, but I would argue that you earn those opportunities because ultimately you have to, you have to be good enough to get them. You have to do the relevant races, you know, yeah. if you was picked, if, if, if random people off the street got picked for England, <laughs> look a little bit, look at, look a bit, yeah, a bit different. <laughs> so, and that's what you're doing this weekend. You're running in Seville and you're running for England, right? Yeah, that is correct. Um, along with three other um, great girls and I know the guys team as well is um, looking really strong. So really excited for that. I think it will be a, a tricky race, but a good one and good to kind of see where I'm at in terms of like running in the in the longer races. So, yeah, I'm, I'm up for it. I'm excited. Is this your first England vest? Uh, it is in cross country. It's actually it's not in track. I um, my first England vest in track was back in oh my gosh I'm not sure I can remember May I think um and that was at Loughborough International for the 3000 which was um actually the only 3000 I did this the last track season um and it's definitely a race that I would want to do again like I love that distance and I think that um I can definitely well try to go sub nine minutes um kind of in the in well next summer basically so you gave, you gave up hockey in January, started running in March. Um, you said about hockey and, and injuries. What? Because as a runner, I have nothing. I have no idea about hockey. But yeah, I, know I know there's a stick and a ball and some some goals at the other end. Of each. Yeah. So that's, that's as far as my knowledge goes. So what injuries were you succumbing to and, and why were those ultimately ones that you had to then retire that sport for? So the issues I had with injury were all to do with my, um, like my hips. Uh, and essentially it was brought on by a lot of change of direction, which isn't such an issue in running um, as it is in hockey, where you're constantly kind of bending down to pass the ball, to tackle somebody, to just like everything in hockey is um, change of, based on change of direction. Um, and it just meant that my anatomy essentially couldn't handle that um and it got to the point where I kind of had a lot of chats with physios and stuff like that and it was said to me that this was kind of something that was going to just happen again and again um if I kept doing those kind of movements uh, and essentially playing that sport um and I was just pretty tired of standing on the sidelines to be honest so I decided to just kind of make a move away from that um and that's kind of where I started just r running for fun um afterwards but then it obviously got a little bit I got a bit carried away should we say <laughs> how hard was that decision to give up hockey um it was really hard it was a part of my life uh I think I started playing when I was about seven um and right. it's been a very kind of something that I've done throughout my life um also my family are very involved in hockey 
um, my younger brother and my younger sister both play hockey to a fairly high level. So it was just something that was kind of ingrained in me um, from the beginning. So to make that move away from hockey um, and kind of into a completely different sport, which my, my, I remember my mum saying to me, actually, she was like, oh, it's like, it's not very teamy, is it? Athletics. It's not very teamy. And I was like, what is this teamy word you keep throwing around? I was like, it is teamy. It's just a little bit more individual than this kind of what you've got in your mind about a team sport. But um, yeah, it was, it was a tricky decision, but obviously one that I kind of knew I, I had to make just for my long-term kind of ability to play sport. So, yeah. And, Big up, big up, Mumsy, for sort of this comment <laughs> leads me into my next, my next question. That's what I love about these podcasts. I always have this like brief of questions that I'm going to talk about, and then just never even talk about any of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she said she she clearly noticed that that athletics was more of an individual sport. Which I remember even my dad used to say, you know, it's an individual sport, it's an individual sport, and I think it does depend on your environment. If you're mm-hmm. based in a place where maybe you're not part of a thriving club or you don't run with others, it can be very lonely. You now run for Belgrave Harriers, which I'm biased because I'm part of the club as well, but they are, like I've run for a few clubs and I know the club system really well. They are one of the most thriving clubs from a um, social perspective. Um, Do you feel any similarities between, you know, your hockey days where you were, you know, with your teammates and now you've got this great team of girls, great men's side as well. Is there any sort of similarities in the environment or is it completely polar opposite? I think there, I think there are a lot of similarities and actually more than I was expecting. Um, there is kind of that outside perspective that running is a very individual thing. And actually I know I'm very lucky to be part of Belgrave and such a kind of strong United um, club. And that's what we are. Like we train together every week. Um, We kind of socialize outside of that. I've made some really, really good friends since joining um, back in March. And I think that there's definitely an element of, I mean, there's a huge element of support that you would get from your teammates in hockey. Uh, and now what I have from kind of the people that I run with and train with. So there's definitely similarities in that. I think that whatever, and I've actually said this a couple of times before, but I really do kind of think it's the case is that when you get to a certain level in sport, uh, whichever sport that is, whether that's an individual sport or a team sport or whatever, I do think that there is an element of um, kind of individualness. That's not the right word, um, but I know basically, what you mean. yeah, you know what I mean. Um, that you kind of everyone's vying for selection, um, especially when I was playing hockey. Like there would be competitions coming up, and you knew that there were X many people getting selected, and if you were better than however many people, then you get selected. So I think it was actually realizing that when you get to a certain point everybody is kind of thinking about themselves and that's just the way that elite sport works um and so I think that that is kind of a similarity between high level team sport and kind of athletics as a so-called individual sport so I want to just take a step back slightly um, before Belgrave. You know, you've made the decision to to close the door on hockey. You cho- you join Belgrave and you get stuck in there. And then obviously from March, it's been a whirlwind. But I, until this very second, I thought that you had never run before. And I've just power of 10 you. And that is not the case. Um, 
unless your power 10 is not accurate. But I can see here that you've done a little bit of running before. Um, a little bit of high jump, no? A bit of long jump as well. Like, real, <laughs> sort of like early years, um, sort of uh, little athletics, etc. Rather than me reading out all of your results, it's like... Yeah, please don't. <laughs> um, just give us a little bit of story about sort of that sort of period of your life uh, and how athletics fit, fit it in then. Yes, of course. So when I was younger, when I was at school, um, I was the kind of person who just did everything, every single sport that I could. Um, and I think that's quite kind of um, similar to a lot of people who start out um, in kind of athletics or whatever. But um, yeah, when I was younger, I played hockey, I played tennis, I played netball. We did lacrosse at our school, which is a bit niche, um, but played that. Um, and then obviously kind of as a result, got drafted into team athletics and cross country teams when I was, I mean, throughout kind of my school career. Um, and yeah, basically just had to do a field event when I did a running event. So I kind of did a bit of 1500 um, and really enjoyed that, but never took it too seriously. I think I was always focused on kind of other sports and it was a bit of a side thing of like, oh, well, I don't really know what to do in the summer. So obviously I'll do athletics because my teacher wants me to run the 1500. So would do that. Um, and actually sometimes found myself doing events that now I would never I would never eat. I would never ever step up to face a high jump now. I cannot tell you. I I was fine for a bit, and then I think something just clicked in my brain, and I could not jump over it like the bar. I just got scared. I was like, absolutely no way. I'm never doing that again. So that was a pretty brief period of um of high jump. But yeah, I've done so. I did some weird events when I was younger just to fill in the gaps. But um yeah, nothing too serious. And then in 2021, the height of the lockdown or, or somewhere around the pandemic, you did a marathon <laughs> I know, and I know this marathon in Richmond and I know yeah. it's not the easiest one. Um, how did that come about? And talk us through how that was for you. Uh, this is actually quite a funny story. So, well, at least it was when I'd done the marathon and I could laugh about it afterwards. But um, I watched the Kipchoge documentary in lockdown um, and I watched it and I was just sitting in my in my living room watching this trade documentary and I was like wow this guy's inspiring like, this is really inspiring so I so I thought oh I well I can run like I know I'm a, a fairly fit person so I thought oh I'll, I'll do a marathon like every normal person sitting in there on their sofa watching Kipchoge, they think I'm just going to run a marathon. It's fine. It's easy. So I signed up for this Richmond one. Um, but then I think that was at the beginning of lockdown that I signed up for it. I then thought just time went by and I thought, well, obviously it's going to have been cancelled because of COVID. So I was minding my own business. Um, and then I got an email, I think it was about a month and a half before the date of the marathon saying, oh, only, oh, like, only two months until the Richmond marathon. And I was like, oh my God, what have I done? Um, so 
basically just thought, well, I've got to run it because I've paid the 30 quid to, to like sign up for it. So I ran about max 15K in preparation for that um, marathon. I know, exactly. I was tapering from the beginning. I just thought I'm not even going to try and build. I'm just going to taper. So did that. And yeah, it's a, now looking back at it, it's a savage course. Like it's a savage marathon. It's just so boring as well. Um, And so I just, just turned up on the day, Um, had, I actually borrowed my mum's trainers as well because I didn't like the ones that I was using. So the day before, I think I was like, oh, mum, like, can I borrow your, she just got these really nice new ASICs trainers. And I went for a little jog in them and I thought, these are lovely. So um, put those on, ran the marathon. And then, um, yeah, afterwards was just like, God, everything hurts. But um, that was a slightly, that was a slightly impulsive decision from me, shall we say. um, And one that I will not be repeating. (laughs) Couch to Marathon 101 by Kate. Yeah, exactly. Mum's Essex the night before. (laughs) Bad, bad times. That's amazing. Okay, <laughs> so let's fast forward slightly. You actually take your running a lot more seriously as of yeah. um, leaving hockey behind and you step into the running world. Now, the first time I ever saw you running or whatever mm-hmm. was at the Comeback 5000. Now, this was a great day for me, but also the most stressful day for me because me and Steve organise it. So it's, just, it's amazing, but also horrible. Yeah. Um, the build up, etc. And I'm really sorry to admit this, but like you would you were on the start list, but I had no idea who you were. So like I wasn't like, oh my god, K Axford's running. This is amazing. I was just like, who the bloody hell is this K Axford like, program? Why do I not know who that is? But how's she got in the A race? Yeah, um, what the hell? I was like, I've no idea. Um and then uh on the day Steve was like, oh yeah, she's 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 really good. She ran at Birmingham last week. Like she's really fast. I was like, oh, all right, cool. You win it sub 16 minutes and i was just so gassed because i was like who the hell is this like what the hell is going on um and it just kind of from there i remember like every race that i would commentate you you'd win so like i was like i basically am your good luck charm for your running i did did think that i didn't want to be the one to say it but it just kept going like i'd commentate you'd win and went. so um yeah if anyone's listening and they're thinking about getting into running and they want to become an england runner, then just get me on the mic and that's how it basically happens yeah um, exactly obviously that's not not true but that no, race no. itself come back home track battersea park loads of your club mates in front of you like standing on that start line would, would that have been your first five thousand meter track race ever uh yeah that was my first five thousand ever I remember actually running 1500s back in school and I think on one day they had a 5,000 meter event and I was stood watching thinking, oh my gosh, like how do they do that? That's the most boring thing ever, like so long, mad. Um, And then, yeah, stepped up to that 5,000, absolutely bricking it because obviously I was like, all these girls are amazing. Um, Super competitive that race, like, like, yeah probably one of the other than british champs one of the fastest 5k races in the uk yeah it was i mean it was amazing that so many people turned up to it as well and just like the event itself was awesome um and yeah like i just i don't know i just i just thought i've got nothing to lose um and i knew that i'd run well in birmingham the week before and had my coach say 
oh, like, I promise you it's faster and easier on the track, um, which it is. Um, but I think I've got a bit of a theme of borrowing people's shoes because I wasn't wearing my own spikes. I didn't have any. <laughs> Whose did you borrow this time? Um, Orna from from Belgrave. I borrowed her spikes. Big shout out, Orna. Yeah, huge shout out, Orna. She was like, I want some credit, actually, at the end of this race. Like, now that you've won it, these were my spikes. Oh, um, amazing. But, yeah, it was, it was a, I mean, an amazing event and just pretty overwhelming um, with kind of what followed. But, yeah, it was... I think one of my friends watched the YouTube and texted me saying, I think I just I just cried watching that YouTube. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, what is going on? This is so all my friends have gone insane. Um, but yeah. And from there kind of that that followed so you know, you, you had a lot of success. Um, you got into some really fast races like Loughborough International, taking the wing there, like that's a massive you know, sort of notch on your on your C V running C V. And then you qualified for the British Championships, which was at Sports City. Now, that race itself, which you obviously know now, is such a completely different type of race compared to a time trial like comeback or yeah. you know, a hard 5K on the road. Um, you know, you've got a few races in your back pocket now. You're standing on the start line against literally the best that Britain have on, on offer. Where was your head at on a day like that? Was you same sort of mindset of come back as I just want to do the best I can or were you a little bit more like no I know I know I'm good at this now like I'm gonna I want a place or I want to win or what was it like well I mean it was a bit of a tricky one that to be honest I think the weeks leading up to it a couple of weeks leading up to it I had a bit of a niggle that I was kind of nursing but I just hadn't had I wouldn't say that I'd had the preparation that I wanted going into that so my confidence probably wasn't at like a hundred hundred percent um but I mean that that being said I was still ready to in my mind I wanted to go into it and pb and run like a really fast time I now realize that that was totally naive of me because championship running is completely different to as you say like time trialing um so I was a bit disappointed with the result of that. I think obviously I know that it's still like seventh in uh, we've like, it's all relative, but I felt like I wanted kind of another opportunity to run that race again. Um, and hopefully I will do next season. And that's definitely kind of an opportunity to hopefully place this um, next year. But yeah, it was, I mean, it was amazing experience in terms of everything that came around it and um, like the preparation and the event itself. Um, but yeah, it was just a very strange race for me and one that I just wasn't used to at all um, and wasn't expecting, I guess. So what, what sort of walking into the world of running, Kate, and you've got, you've kind of got running and then you've got track track and field and, and athletics it, they're the same sport but the circles they're involved in the sort of terminologies that are used it's just a whirlwind and has there ever has there ever been a point where you've just sort of thought bloody hell like there's this like what should i be doing or you know should i be doing this like these girls are really fast they're doing this or or are you pretty chill with just you know staying in your own lane and doing whatever the coach says or, or whatever you feel like doing at that time um i think there's a lot of advice that kind of floats around um in running and i know that with things like strava and with social media and everything you can always be looking at other people and 
looking at them altitude training and doing this that and the other and I don't know like the mileage that they're doing and stuff like that but I do think I've I've got I'm fairly headstrong in that what I've been doing so far has been working for me and I know that there's a point where hopefully I'll get to start kind of adjusting that and going and training kind of at altitude and or wherever that is and actually kind of building on the foundation that I've got at the moment but I think kind of given that it's what like six or seven months that I've been running properly I think that I could easily have got carried away way too quickly um and that's something that I don't I didn't really want to do um just because that's kind of what leads to stuff like injuries and and things like that so I am fairly kind of comfortable in what I do at the moment, just listening to my coach and kind of working with him um, and dependent on like the race I've got coming up, adjusting things to suit that. But yeah, I think it is, it is a bit of a a minefield of like stuff happening and running. Um, And so it's pretty hard to navigate at times, but I think so far it's going quite well. Yeah, I'd I'd agree. I would agree with that. Are there any, um, so as I said earlier in the chat, like I, I have nothing. I know nothing about hockey, but <laughs> I speak to a lot of female athletes. I've coached a lot of female athletes, and obviously, one big consideration that you have to consider when coaching a female athlete is the the body's going to feel so different throughout a month compared to like a male athlete, and that's why coaching men and coaching women is completely different. How is that relevant? That statement there, coaching a woman to, compared to coaching mm-hmm. a male athlete to hockey. So, what I want to sort of ask is. Um, are there any considerations that you make with your running training in line with how your body's feeling at a certain point of the month different to how maybe you would have done with, within hockey? Do the two sports follow suit there or is there, a, or is it, are they completely different? Um, no, I do think they, they are quite similar in that regard. There was a lot of chat with, um, within hockey and within our team about like how you were going to feel, um, during the month and kind of how that was going to affect your training and I know that there's actually there's a lot of research that goes into like ACL injuries in hockey and how actually you're more susceptible to them dependent on kind of like what stage of your cycle you're in or something like that so there was quite a lot of kind of consideration around that in hockey but even though we spoke about it there was never you you would never really train differently because of it I think if people had a rubbish session or were feeling rubbish they'd be like, oh, well, that's probably attested to this, this and this, um, to, like what kind of where you are in the month. Um, but I think it the same goes for running, to be honest. Like for me, I'll just continue, I'll continue to train unless I'm like unwell, in yeah. which case I will like stop. Um, and that's kind of something that is difficult for a lot of people, um, I think, is just kind of knowing when, to slow down and actually let your body recover um and i think that that's something that they get right in hockey as well is that if you were kind of unwell as such you would not train um but kind of that monthly um consideration for women especially i think is very much the same for hockey and running like you just kind of continue to train and if you don't feel so good then like that's just part and parcel of it um and I think that that's something that, that and a lot of more research needs to be done into it as to kind of how we can facilitate better training. Um, but 
yeah, on the, on the whole, it's pretty similar. You just kind of crack on. Does it help being surrounded by other women, especially at Belgrave? Yeah, it does. I th- I always kind of check in with people when I see them um, at training. Like my first question is always like, oh, like, how are you feeling? Yeah. Um, and that's not necessarily always like a physical thing. It might just be kind of, oh, like, how's your day of work been? And kind of how's life and that kind of thing. And actually like the occasions where you can warm up and cool down with people and actually have a proper chat about how people are feeling mm. um is really helpful just because often you might be kind of going through something similar um and you can kind of share the, those experiences and have a bit of a chat and you come out of those situations actually feeling a lot better a lot of the time so i do think it is really helpful to be surrounded by other women but also my coach is great he's always checking in um and kind of giving us females a space to talk about that kind of thing with each other uh, and to him um so yeah I mean I'm very lucky in in that respect and everyone's just super supportive and you're still working full-time right yeah still working full-time um so sometimes make the trip in the office to training uh, and whatnot but um yeah still still full-time desk job I actually hate the way I just asked that question that was such a condescending wanker way of asking no it wasn't it wasn't it's it's fine like that saying oh my god you've only been running seven months and you're not full-time professional yet what a disgrace what I mean is for context for listeners um I knew you worked full-time so while how you know you manage getting into a new sport and working full-time so for those that don't know you know what do you do for work um you know, where are you based for your work? What does your work life look like and how you balance that with your training? Yeah, so I started the job that I'm in in May. Um, and obviously it was kind of after a period of transition from coming out of professional sport uh, back into kind of the world of work. Uh, and I now work in insurance, which is where I worked before I went into hockey. So I've done a bit of a, I've kind of come full circle on it a little bit. Um and I work for a really great company called Vitesse. They are super supportive of kind of athletes and they've hired a lot of kind of ex-professional athletes or retired athletes. So there's a really good kind of understanding of you kind of, you have a dedication to your sport as well as your work. Um, I mean, that said it is still you do still have to be at work and be working for however many hours it is in the day um so in terms of my training i i usually get up pretty early to run before work um and then if i've got a double day then i'll come home and i'll run after work um and then like training and stuff i'll just go straight to the office people take the mick of me quite a bit because i bring like a massive bag to the office because I've got my food, I've got my like two pairs of trainers, I've got my kit. They're always like, why do you bring so much stuff to the office? I'm like, right, well, I'm off to Bassey after this. Um, so I've got I've got to take quite a lot with me. See you guys. Um, I sometimes give people a shock in the lift as well when I kind of come out of the of the changing rooms and I've like completely transformed into um corporate, kind of corporate... 5, Kate. <laughs> yeah corporate kate to 5000 meter kate is very different um so 
yeah it's it's quite funny seeing their reactions sometimes but um no that they're, they're like as supportive they can be so um but that said it is still it's still hard one question i have and i this is from experience when i lived overseas and used to run before work and then work all day in an office and then work um, run after work i used to get so hungry because mm. of just the commuting and the training and the mental capacity of you know thinking about work etc you must have to take a fridge to work (laughs) yeah I I actually do I think people are quite shocked sometimes as well as in just my colleagues I'll sit down and just get out like the biggest thing of oats that you've ever so much (laughs) yeah it's like oh my gosh how are you not full after a banana and I'm like oh I'm just not full after a banana I have a banana on the thing that I'm eating but um yeah it is it is quite funny although I mean it's probably more for for some guys out there who actually like running marathons who must have to pile it away but um yeah I do have to be pretty on it in terms of what I bring to kind of a day at work especially if I've got training later like kind of gels and whatnot so yeah Meal prep is key, right? Yep, it is key. <laughs> so you've had success at the track, uh, success on the road as well in, in sort of relay-based uh, races as well as uh, some individual races. And you're now having some success on the cross-country as well. And this vest at the weekend in Seville for England will be on the cross-country. Do you currently have, or is it too early to say, do you have a favourite right now? Um, I think I do I think I'm leaning well I say I'm leaning I think my favorite is track and I think that part of that is just that I feel like I've got a lot of kind of untapped potential uh in track specifically um I think cross country is something that's actually I mean the race at Mansfield was quite funny um because it was so muddy but um I think that like the track for me just I find it really exciting um and I think that if I can kind of get the opportunity to run in a few more faster races next season um I'm pretty kind of excited as to what might happen there so yeah I'm probably leaning more towards track than than road and cross but so for any listeners that aren't uh caught up Belgrave took the win at the Mansfield Cross Country Relays at the weekend Kate was in that team Kate what was that like being part of a national winning side yeah, it was it was really special actually. I think that when I um when I was at school like didn't really win kind of anything nationally. Um I'd always kind of put put a lot of work into the teams that I was in, but we never kind of got to that point. So actually it was quite it was quite nice to um get that national win on on Saturday and like running with um, Gemma and Sarah, uh, the Aston sisters, who are both incredible runners, um, was, yeah, it was just like really exciting. Um, and we ended up, yeah, smashing it. You did indeed. You did indeed. It looked like a swamp as well. It was uh, yeah. it like carnage. Yeah, it was absolute carnage. I think I I wasn't quite aware of how bad, bad it was until I started it. And then... I was just kind of putting my feet down thinking I have no idea where these are going. Um, I've just got to crack on. Um, and yeah, it was a, a bit of a slog at the end, but um, no, the, the spikes held up. Um, yeah. So all good. Did you borrow them as well? 
So I actually brought, I didn't borrow the actual spikes, the shoes, shoes, um, but I didn't have any 12 millimeter spikes. So that was another uh, plead to my teammates to, to ask them to borrow some. But I didn't realize how long they were, like 15 as well. Yeah, what like, are you doing with those? They're like they saber teeth. Yeah, they are dangerous. Yeah, they yeah. Uh, I mean, you are in your infancy of cross country, but you're going to need those 15s at some point this winter. So bear yeah. with. <laughs> so what are the goals for the next year, athletically? You know, what what do you have your sights set on? And if we sort of talk from now to 12 months time. Yeah, so I, I guess in the short term, I'd really, um, I'm really gunning for a GB vest at the Euro cross trials um, in Liverpool. I know that there's kind of, it's going to be a, a very tough race and haven't quite decided on whether I'll be doing the long or short course yet. So that's still kind of um, up to, up to decision, up, well, up for me to make a decision on that. But um, yeah, that's kind of, I'd love, I'd love that to happen. And then I guess thinking ahead a little bit from that, uh, I'd really kind of like to get my 5k time down um, and thinking maybe even longer term than that, I'd like to meddle at, at the champs. That would be, that'd be pretty cool. And I think is hopefully within my, within my grasp. Do you have any, um, again, this, in, this comes with getting faster and, and getting into better, better races, but are you motivated by racing overseas? Yeah, definitely. I, I'm thinking that hopefully that will be an opportunity uh, this coming season, which will be really exciting, but definitely motiv- motivated by that um and think it's because sometimes it's sometimes it's just the it has to be the right race in the right weather on the right day um and I know that a couple of um my teammates have from Belgrave as well have gone out and done some races uh overseas and that's been really beneficial for them so that'll hopefully be a, a possibility come come the track season so, Kate, a runner that runs 5K inside 16 minutes and has only been running for seven months or so, run us through what a bog-standard training week looks like for you right now. Okay, so uh, Monday will be an easy run, um, sometimes a double, sometimes not. just depends about when I'm in the office, to be honest. Um, so... Monday's easy, then Tuesday I'll have a, a session down with Belgrave at Bassey, Um, and that can be, I mean, anything creative that my coach comes up with, um, especially when Bassey want a, a fireworks display and everything's closed. Uh, <laughs> that was interesting. Um, but, yeah, the Tuesday's a session. Wednesday morning um, is another easy run. Uh, that's usually a day where I'll do a double. Um, so when I kind of either when I get home or in the evening, I'll do a kind of shorter run after that. Um, Thursday, again, is a session. Uh, if I'm racing at the weekend, I'll probably leave that one out. Um, and that's kind of shorter, sharper stuff. Um, anything kind of like 400s or 800s, that kind of thing. Um, and then, yeah, Friday easy again Saturday a bit of tempo and then long run on Sunday and overall volume what sort of mileage are you knocking out these days um I'm trying to kind of increase it a little bit during the winter not too drastically um but just kind of chipping away at that so on average I'm probably hitting around 
I work in I work in K's and not miles um, <laughs> as I'm new to the scene but um, shocking isn't it sorry um, but around 90 K's I think I'm I'm kind of hitting at the moment which with racing quite a bit um, this winter is is pretty good for me I think it's quite a good spot. Do you incorporate any strength and conditioning into your training week? Um, yes I do I try to anyway I think with hockey I spent most of my time in the gym that I'm slightly scarred by it mm-hmm. but um it's definitely I mean that definitely gave me a good strength base to run from but I do recognize the benefit so I'll try and do one or two um kind of sessions in the gym but it's very like low weights um try to just work on my mobility as well which is I think quite a big priority for me um but again it's just time like having the time in the week to get the mileage and get to the gym and have a bit of a social life as well on the side is is tricky so usually sacrifice sleep for that but it's it's one or it's one or the other um so yeah that's kind of where I'm at at the moment you have to try and fit it all in I can relate to that so since taking up running are there any sorry since taking up running again if you like um are there any areas of the the sport um competitively commercially um i can't think of all the other areas yeah all areas of sports are there any areas that maybe have surprised you maybe you've thought oh that's not what i thought or that's quite shit or that's actually really good yeah i think one of the things is that it's expensive like I think there's a a bit of a misconception perhaps that it's not an expensive sport. Um, But actually like I'm, I asked for my first pair of Takumis for my birthday because I looked at the price. I was like, Oh my gosh, those are steep. And then obviously they're like not even close to what um, kind of brands are, are putting out these days. So I think it's, it's like, if you want to have kind of, the best kit which is completely fair and I think a lot of people do because it does make a difference um I have kind of found that it is pretty expensive um but that was something that I was quite surprised by um and then I guess alongside that is like how the commercial aspect of the sport like how much weight that holds mm. um and I personally think it's quite a good thing like just um as long as there's like the performance aspect comes alongside that um and that's kind of noticed along the way i think that the more i guess the more money the more publicity that the sport can get the better uh, and obviously i know that's something that's the sport's been struggling with a little bit um well probably not even a little bit quite a bit um so i think that that's like something that's pretty important to kind of keep within the sport and some of the events that have happened recently have been great for for just bringing a bit more attention to athletics. Well, we're going to get right into that, Kate. So good, good timing. In Thank terms <laughs> of you being a fan, are you a fan of our sport? So let's say Friday night, you could go down a pub and have a pint or a G&T or whatever it is your mm-hmm. tip is. But Diamond League's on TV. Are you going to be sitting in and watching it? So I think before I started running, absolutely not. Um, I'd kind of, if I didn't really have anything else to do, then I might have watched it. And 
I absolutely I, I watched the Olympics that was I'd always be kind of involved in that but um I think when now that I've started properly running I think that you can there's an appreciation for how talented these people are uh, and like the paces that they're running and the times they're running that's just complete that you can't have an understanding of when you don't run um I mean obviously you can still be a fan and not run but I do think that it's just so much more exciting when you see people running a 5k in like 30 12 30 minutes you're just like this is insane um so yeah I am a I am a huge fan I I definitely kind of I've been following um everything this summer so um yeah big fan now maybe it wasn't before but I'm now (laughs) who's your favorite athlete my gosh my favorite athlete that is that is hard who do I really like I do like a lot of people as well and now I can't think of a single one um I've got all I mean, night. It's, it's fine. P- pardon? I've got all night. It's fine. Yeah, cool. Fine. No worries. Um, no, Hassan, I think, is amazing. I also just really like her kind of outlook mm. to her running. Um, I think she's, A, she's an incredible athlete uh, and extremely driven and knows when to kind of turn it on. But then outside of that, I just really like her personality. I think it kind of comes through and she's very laissez-faire about a lot of things um but you know that underneath that she is a very serious athlete so I quite like her approach to things and that's something I can maybe see I mean not in the times we're running I can't see a similarity but maybe in the approach um I can see a bit of a similarity hopefully between myself and her but um yeah I think she's amazing so let's imagine that you are the new CEO of UK Athletics. We ask this question to everyone. Okay, so mm-hmm. you've been named Kay Axford, new CEO of UK Athletics. Twitter's gone meltdown. Um, what are three things that you would do first? And let's just imagine context. We don't have Saudi money. So, you know, UK Athletics is skint as it is. Yeah. And you're the CEO. What are the first three things you're going to do? The first thing I would do, and I think there's been there's been a bit of an uproar this summer about it all, but I would make sure that people could self fund to get themselves to competitions. Like that's something that I genuinely was really sad about was the fact that some people had run incredible times and couldn't, well, weren't basically weren't allowed to to go to to world champs and and whatever else it was. But I think that would be a huge thing just to allow athletes to self-fund um even if you haven't got like UK Athletics don't have the money um I still think they should you know be able to go um and kind of they've committed a lot of time and effort and they've run the time so yeah that's the first thing um probably also is just crack down and make sure that younger athletes have got a kind of a safe that they're not being overtrained that then they're in kind of good environments to allow them to flourish and not burn out I think that's a huge thing and also you can see it across a number of other sports it's not just athletics um I think it's just important that coaches are have really got the best interests of athletes and kind of young athletes at at heart um but yeah I guess apart from that it would probably be like let the media um kind of make events bigger like just accept the 
the offers from from people to to make kind of athletics events bigger and better um because it's the way forwards i think yeah that um they're great they're great suggestions kate i think the one that's most relevant to to us at trackstar is is the last point about allowing media to to sort of get their foot in the door yeah we've noticed that um I wouldn't go. I wouldn't be as strong as saying it's gate kept because there has been scenarios where we've we've got our foot in the door and we're like bloody hell, how the hell did we do that? Mm-hmm. But I think that one thing I noticed from the from the world was um, more and more lower key media outlets are cropping up, and it's almost like the more that we can allow media in, and as long as everyone gets on nicely mm-hmm. um, and does it in the right way, the more people that are going to see our sport ultimately because. Like, don't know about you, but when I look at media for something, I have my particular sources. I go to my certain, you know, that might be Twitter. It might be a particular outlet. I'm not going and buying a newspaper. I'm not going to go no. and look at BBC Sport. That's just not me. So I think that athletics has to get with the times a little bit and just be a little bit more multidimensional, I think, with their approach. Yeah, definitely. I think there's also, there's a time and a place for like a race report in a newspaper and obviously I know that there's like a lot of grassroots stuff out there that's still kind of doing that because they don't have the ability to do other anything kind of apart from that but um yeah I do think that if like if people are going if people are going about things the right way like for example I did the podium underground um a few months ago and there was a competition there that was like a content competition so everyone like loads and loads of people came to make some like awesome content um in order to kind of win a prize but realistically it's a win-win because it's an opportunity for them to attend an event that's pretty cool where they can get loads of content but also they actually might win some money from it so just it's like stuff like that like it's not massive but it does make a difference um i think so yeah no i'm completely agreed in that like the more the more the merrier <laughs> that is that that um that is how and hope if people want to steal this idea go for it but that's how comeback <laughs> blew up because we said yeah. no one needs a media pass any creator can come take photos mm-hmm. wherever you like as long as you don't step on the track and get in front of a runner <laughs> we don't care and yeah a little bit like backyard people rocking up <laughs> with everything but at the same time like the amount of content during and after the event it was like this is insane because yeah let anyone in have a, have a camera yeah. have a go exactly no it was awesome so cool so final question kate before we finish off with a quick fire round which i don't think i sent you over but that was intentional um, <laughs> outside of running what are your passions slash hobbies um i mean obviously running does take up a lot of time but um no my hobbies outside are definitely well music and that's not playing music i don't like crack out my violin and start playing um but um I just like I really enjoy going to gigs um there's tons of different DJs that I really like um really into like festivals and all that kind of thing um so that's definitely something that I'll be hopefully kind of making time for alongside running um I think Glastonbury tickets come out next week so I'm gonna be with my VPN on my laptop um trying to get the best wi-fi because they are hard to get um but yeah love that love that kate it's been a mega interview and we're going to finish off with a quick fire round 
and I've got five questions for you and I want you to just blow out the first thing that comes into your mind, all right? God, yeah. Okay, let's imagine you have a magic wand. Your possibilities are endless. What is one thing you'd change in athletics? Um, I would change the cap on the number of runners that can go to major championships. That's a very good answer. We've not had that one. That's very good. I like that. Um, what's the best thing about being a runner? I think the people, well, the people that I've met anyway, I just think it's um, an amazing community of genuinely really, really nice people. So to me, that's, yeah, the best thing. That's a wholesome answer. I like that. It is quite wholesome. Yeah. We'll clip that. That's beautiful. Okay, thanks. Um, I think I know the answer to this, and I'm going to tell you what I think after, but what's the worst thing about being a runner? What's the worst thing about being a runner? Oh, just like going out when it's raining. Like when it's (laughs) raining, you probably probably isn't what you thought I'd say, but like I I hate the rain and just having to run in the rain is such a, like I hate it. You so, live in London. I know. I li- I know. I just, I really can't stand it. So the rain is honestly the worst thing about, well, I guess being a person, but a runner even more. You need to relocate, I think. I do, yeah. Get me to Spain or something. I thought you was going to say having to run before work in the morning. Well, that kind of comes into it. But imagine if I have to run before work and it's raining. I've got a double whammy. It's just disaster. Yeah, not fun. <laughs> So number four, what's a harsh running... Sorry, let's try that again. We'll edit that. What's a harsh truth that the running world needs to hear? I think that more doesn't always mean better. Um, That could be more mileage. It could be more training. It could be... uh, It could be more of anything, but it doesn't always mean... Like, basically, quality over quantity is my motto. (laughs) Um, and so, yeah, I think that's a harsh truth. I'm going to ask a side question from that statement because quality over quantity, that's a slightly been going on for decades, that argument. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel as a 5,000 meter athlete, which is a massively aerobic event, it's a long distance running event. Do you feel that that has a cap? And what I mean by that is do you, do you, and you may not know yet because you're so new to this sport, but do you feel that quality over quantity has a, has a ceiling of potential? more so than quantity over quality i hope that makes sense yeah no it does um i don't think so because i think that there's like there's a chance to build up little by little which is obviously the natural progression of kind of becoming an elite runner or a professional runner um and i'm kind of not saying that that doesn't happen um and that it's not needed i think it's that there are times where in order to get the most out of yourself and the most out of a session or whatever it is, I I personally would much rather do three reps and do them like perfectly and be absolutely kind of giving everything and be really high quality than do another one and it be absolute like rubbish basically. Um, just because I always think there's an opportunity to kind of balance that out within the rest of the week. So if you are trying to like get aerobically fit, you can go on a longer run the next day or something like that. Like it just, when you're trying to um, like, yeah, I just, I, I do think that 
there's not necessarily a cap it's just kind of knowing yourself um and knowing like when you think that the quality's dropped off sometimes yeah. that doesn't always mean that like yeah doing more isn't always better but yeah i hear i think it's such an individual process isn't it if yeah I, exactly what makes you tick okay mm -hmm. I love that. and last question kate in 10 years time what's one thing you would have liked to have achieved in your life in 10 years time just doing the maths how old would i be right okay i would have i would have liked to have i reckon i could clock off a fast marathon nice that's faster than that richmond one and hopefully a lot more fun um oh, yeah that richmond one though I, I mean i know the good friend of mine is the owner of the race company so i'm not going to slag it off in front of everyone but <laughs> it's so brutal <laughs> yeah um yeah and alongside that i'm just gonna add another one obviously go to the olympics but that's the that's the bigger one that's the biggest dream but might get there who knows now that question uh i'm gonna ask it again but the question was what would you like to have achieved in your life what would you like to have achieved in your life that's nothing to do with athletics or running oh i think get to a point where if somebody I always think it's a big thing. If somebody asks whether you know them or somebody asks somebody, oh, do you know Kate? <laughs> is for the response to be always like, yeah, I think she's a really great person. Oh, that's like, lovely. That is just, I just don't, I just, yeah, I always want to be like that, that to be the response and that to be how kind of I am with everyone. Um, so, yeah. That's lovely. Oh, you got a long way to go yet. I'm joking. Yeah. She's <laughs> awful. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's really cool. <laughs> I was only joking. Um, that's amazing. That's a beautiful way to end the, the the podcast, Kate. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's show. And best of luck in Seville. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing you in the Belgrave vest soon. Yeah, looking forward to seeing you soon. Thanks so much, Lloyd. No worries. Catch you soon. Catch soon. Bye. Thank you for joining us this week for another episode of the Trackster podcast where we talk all things running, the highs, the lows, the ugly bits and everything in between. Big shout out to our guest Kate Axford for her time today. And if you have enjoyed today's listen, please leave us a review and head over to our Instagram at Trackster to keep up to date with everything that we're up to. I've been Lloyd, your host for the day. I'll catch you down the road for a run and a chat. But in the meantime, have a great week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.